Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A big thank you to Neon, our favorite New Zealand streaming service, for making this episode of Culture Vulture happen. Kia ora, everybody. Kia ora, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of, I was about to say the shit show. Goodness, getting a bit of potty mix up, are mm-hmm. we? That's what happens when you just do the most. <laughs> <laughs> I just do the most in the world. In Out the of everyone. World. Two podcasts. God fucking forbid. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, welcome back to Culture Vulture. Liv, how the hell are you? Yeah, actually, I'm feeling really good today, oh, which is nice. That's great. And you can yeah. say that honestly today? I can say that honestly. <laughs> today usually I just lie so straight through yeah, and fucking tip. and what about you Luz I'm good I've just recorded a podcast with Chris Clemens which very exciting yes. even though I don't really know who he is Liv doesn't really know who he is he's sort of like comedian youtuber he's just fucking cool to be honest and so that was really fun also me and Liv have an exciting interview coming up with Benny we do for those of you who aren't a New Zealander you may not know who Benny well, she's oh, so no, she's global. quite international isn't she now I was about to sing a preview of one of her songs <laughs> however Oi. we just got some feedback from a kind of rude listener <laughs> that commented, um, that left a review on Apple saying, um, the podcast is really good and interesting info, except for Lucy's singing really puts me off. Like, she sings too much. And it was on the shit show. And to be honest, last week I was a bit cray and I did sing a lot. I sung an off-key version of Never Gonna Give You Up, like, intentionally. Would you say pretty much every podcast has a little bit of a singing demonstration? The shit show, probably the shit show, yeah. Which is weird because it's a news podcast. Anyway, she sings that song. Oh, oh, I thought you were talking no. about yourself. Like, anyway, she sings. Anyway, Lucy over here. <laughs> what are they talking about? No, yeah, she sings that song Soaked. Soaked? No, her most famous one, Super, Super Lonely. Lonely. That, and the TikTok dance that goes along with it. She's really fucking cool. So, so hard not to, not to tell you the song without singing it. I know, I know. No, she's really, really cool. I'm actually so excited to Same. interview her. She's another New Zealand. Yeah, so and I, I think we're going to have a wee chat about mental health. So Always. that would be really interesting. Yeah, so stay tuned for that. That should be in your ears next week. If not, the week after. Hopefully we've got our shit together and everything we say here is true. Absolutely. And it all happens. Absolutely. So Lucy, I was wondering, what piece of content or what thing described your week? The thing that described my week, kind of basic, but noodle, the bones or no bones part. Oh, no, see, that's not basic. That's, I mean, I'm not on TikTok. Again, why do I always say this? No, every episode, Liv has to declare <laughs> that she's not on TikTok. It's like I think I'm morally superior. I don't. It's anyway, so funny. We're not even going to go there. Bones. But 
Noodle. You know, the pug. If you're not on TikTok like Liv, you've probably still seen it like Liv. But basically, he's a pug and he's 13 years old. And sometimes if you pick him up and put him down, he flops. And that means it's a no bones day. So you should have a chill one. And if he stands up rigidly, it's a bones day. You should go and get that bag. Wait, so how does this describe your week? Well, because I've had a few bones and a few not bo- no bones days. So like, I have been noodle essentially. We've had a few chill ones, haven't we? Oh, look, we've had a few chill ones. Had a long weekend. So a couple of no bones in there. It's quite nice to have a no bone every now and then. It's actually been no bones for quite a while in our lives. Liv, what has described your week? (laughs) Okay, this is so weird. But it's the first thing that came to my head. So basically, yesterday we went on a walk. It was really nice. I was barefoot most of the time. So the thing that describes my week is the barefoot Contessa. I used to love that. (laughs) And also, you weren't barefoot most of the time. You were barefoot for like half an hour on the way home. But that's okay. No. <laughs> I felt like I was barefoot. I just felt so free. Yeah, I loved it. Anyway, the barefoot contessa, I knew you would have absolutely no clue about what this is, was a cooking show on the Food Channel. The barefoot contestant? No. <laughs> Because it's kind of gross if you're cooking. I think her name was Contessa or something. I can't remember anything about it. It was the first thing that came to my head. So, yeah. Lovely. Well, look, we're getting closer and closer to Carrot every week. (laughs) If you listen to last week's episode, you probably still won't even know what that means. So, Liv, naughty or nice this week, what is your first story for us? So, my first story is Dave Chappelle and the Netflix walkout. So, this has been everywhere everywhere and I've actively not really looked into it because I was kind of hoping that you'd talk about it on here yes so it was actually really interesting to look into I didn't really know who Dave Chappelle was either like when I saw his photo I was like oh that guy Mm -hmm. but yeah have you haven't watched any of his stuff no no okay cool cool so we're on the same page so first thing is first who is Dave Chappelle so Dave Chappelle is a 48-year-old comedian. He's been very successful. He's won heaps of awards, Emmys, Grammys, the Mark Twain Prize. He's also been in a few movies. Um, his work has a heavy focus on American race relations, and he's been known to be, quote-unquote, fearless when it comes to his approach to comedy. Okay. And now I get the feeling fearless is going to be quite an important sort of idea. It is. It is. It's sort of the bones of the story. Right. So what does Dave Chappelle have to do with Netflix and what happened? So he signed a deal with Netflix in 2016 for a series of stand-up specials. Mm -hmm. This deal was rumoured to be worth like $20 million or something crazy like that. So this was a big deal. Netflix had a lot of backing in Mm -hmm. Dave Chappelle. So there's been a series of controversies around his comedic content pretty much like... Like most comedians? Yeah, like most comedians... Um, But the one we're going to be talking about today revolves around his material in the most recent special, which is titled The Closer. So Dave has been accused of transphobic and homophobic comments throughout the special. An example of this is when he discussed J.K. Rowling's cancellation, classifying her as a TERF, a trans-exclusionary radical feminist, and then goes on to say that he is team TERF. Um, oh my god! He also goes on to purposefully mix up the LGBTQ acronym alongside a whole other bunch of derogatory jokes. Okay, that's gross that's actually not all good yeah so exactly I think with Chappelle he's not like deemed to be a malicious person Mm -hmm. but 
he is punching down. Yeah. Have you you know yeah. what punching down is? Yeah. So it's basically when you're like talking about a group that's more of a minority than your own group I and think. you're not part of the community yeah exactly so he's actually just being an asshole those yeah, horrible jokes exactly so Chappelle says in the special that he has never had an issue with transgender people and that his plight has always been with white people but comedian Jay McBride who is a trans woman said this to CNN I know Chappelle says that he wasn't punching down but he's absolutely punching down when you're just taking this mean position against a minority no matter who the minority is or who you are it just comes off wrong and then she went to say that it's not that jokes about trans people can't be funny it's just that Chappelle's weren't yeah that's actually a really interesting quote and I also find what I find it quite interesting it's like comparing apples and oranges it's like just because some jokes you make you think they're okay because maybe you can make them because you're from the community that they're about doesn't mean that the other jokes that you make are okay absolutely and like he always talks about comedians like comedians are his tribe and he's trying to protect like the whole concept of you should be able to make jokes about shit it's like it's changing man like Mm. the world is changing what is deemed acceptable is okay we're learning the the consequence of making jokes like this yeah I just I think yeah obviously there are things that you can still joke about. There's a lot that you still can joke about. Like, this yeah, maybe you have to it. get a little bit more clever. Yes. And then there was also another trans comedian, Nat Puff, told CNN, I want to like Dave Chappelle so much, but when he talks about the trans community, he's not talking about them, he's speaking out against them. And that's the difference between saying something funny about the trans community and saying something offensive about the trans community. Mm-hmm. And it's like... That is as much as you need to know whether something's okay or not okay. As soon as someone from the community says, that's not okay. Absolutely. Especially comedians within the community. They know the art. They know the craft. Mm. They know where the line is. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Employees at Netflix then spoke internally about the Netflix-Dave Chappelle partnership Mm -hmm. and the company's leadership expressed support for the comedian. So then Netflix employees staged a walkout on the 20th of October in response to their workplace supporting a comic who rails against transgender identity. And they actually fired the leader of this group. Yeah, I read about that. The person that organised the walkout got fired for what? Releasing confidential information, in quote marks. I know, it's really, really like, wild. Like, I'm sorry, Netflix, how do you think that you are supporting the trans community in any way, shape or form by one, letting Chappelle continue... And two, firing the person that's taking a stand. So the group also issued sort of a list of demands that they want from Netflix, how they would like the company to sort of improve. Um, So that consists of more in-trans and non-binary talent and content, along with involving more input from marginalised communities around potential harmful or sensitive content on the streamer. The group is also asking the company to recruit more trans leadership, especially by Yeah, well, I mean, it's interesting that they have to make those demands in the first place. I know, absolutely. Bro, that's cool. Just like you're the fucking biggest streaming service in the world. Maybe look at who your audience is and see that they're full of multiple different types of people. Absolutely. And it just shows when people do rally together that they can hopefully get shit changed. But yeah, only time will tell to see if Netflix actually picks up on what they're well, and if Dave Chappelle shows any sense of remorse, the last thing I read from him was that he said, I said what I said, and mm. that 
that's all we've heard. Exactly. So that's interesting. Oh, so Liv, I'm assuming yes. this is a naughty from the naughty. Yeah, I think it's safe to assume it absolutely is a naughty from the naughty or nice list. And next one is Billy Porter shredding Vogue for Harry wearing a dress. Now, when she says Harry, we, we just refer to him with <laughs> one, one name because we assume you all know who we're talking about. Absolutely. Harry the Harry. I don't think much else has to be said. Um, So basically, Harry was the first lone male cover that Vogue had ever had in 127 years of the magazine being in the world. Which is wild, eh? Which is crazy. I didn't realise that at all. Neither. He was photographed wearing a dress on the December issue in 2020, and Billy Porter is not happy about it. So you may know Billy Porter as a fairy godmother in the Cinderella remake with Camilla Cabello, which is actually very much in the tone of today's episode. It is. We haven't even introduced, but the second half of this episode is about all the things that were ruined by having a remake or a sequel, like movies and books that have just been fucked. Cinderella, one of them. Yeah, Cinderella has made this. (laughs) We'll get there. Absolutely. So, Billy Porter has been known as a gender-fluid fashion icon. He often wears gowns on the red carpet and looks really amazing. In an interview with the Sunday Times, Billy spoke about the Vogue cover of Harry, saying it was one of the reasons that he, as in Billy, remained an underdog in fashion. So, Billy, this is a quote from Billy Porter. He said, I changed the whole game. I personally changed the whole game. That is not ego. That is just a fact. I was the first one doing it, and now everybody is doing it. I created the conversation in brackets, about non-binary fashion, and yet Vogue still put Harry Styles, a straight white man in a dress, on their cover for the first time. So Billy insisted that he wasn't dragging Harry, but he said that his dedication to challenging gender norms through clothing wasn't motivated by lived experience. Harry's. Harry's, Mm. yes. So he quoted again, he doesn't care, as in we're talking about Harry, he's just doing it because it's the thing to do. This is politics for me. This is my life. I've had to fight my entire life to get to the place where I could wear a dress to the Oscars and not be gunned down. All he has to do is be straight and white. And so our audience sent this into loose, which was a comment from American model Rain Dove Dablewski, um, which was left on an Instagram post by the Gay Times about this story. So it said... I think in general the sentiment is absolutely correct in this interview. The racism is absolutely there and Billy hasn't been celebrated as highly as Harry. BIPOC queer creatives are constantly silenced and it is a toxic issue that requires our voices to address. On that I stand with Billy. I do want to say though that Billy Porter's quote, I am the one who started the conversation around non-binary fashion, isn't correct though. This conversation has been one happening throughout history by many people. In the UK, everyone from Grace Jones to David Bowie to Prince to various royalty to the 1500s Barrett Powell defied gender norms at their own life's risk in the fashion industry and spoke on the need for genderless or genderqueer fashion. I also would note that Billy claims that Harry is straight, and I know for a fact that Harry's sexuality is queer and fluid, so that's important to get. However, once again, I'm not saying that Billy's sentiment is wrong. I debated even commenting on this, but the interview really erases the historical and significant impacts of other non-binary, queer, BIPOC, and trans contributors to industry. It also harmfully erases a person's identity, and that's not right to do. 
Give Billy a Vogue cover, of course. Give more of our community visibility in general, especially disabled, BIPOC, and trans community members. But anyone inspired by the article, the takeaway shouldn't be that Billy invented the dialogue around non-binary or that Harry is straight. It should be about racial disparities in media coverage and general injustice of credit where credit is due. Final note, Billy likely risked more on their path than Harry did and does. That deserves its own respect as well. Yeah, so I wrote about this in the newsletter as well, Liv, and I was really, really glad that this comment existed from someone who was part of the community, again, because it was not a place for us to sort of insert ourselves in it. Also, like, I did not feel the need to get up in arms about Harry, um, like, defending Harry or whatever, because I don't feel like just because we're a fan of Harry, he can do no wrong. Not to say he did any wrong. Here, but I, yeah, I felt like that hit the nail on the head. That comment, I think it was a very, very eloquent comment. And yeah, I, I mean, it's not even about what I think really, but I think what Rain said really reflected what my thought process was when I was first reading this article. Me too, and I thought some interesting parts of this, which again, Rain already said, was that yes. Fuck, it would have been way harder for Billy to do anything, to wear what he wanted to wear on the red carpet. Like, not just because he would have been doing it for Harry, but because he's also a person of colour and he was, you know, he's older. And I just, I agree. The path there would have been way fucking harder. I just feel like that's the reason to pave the way, isn't it? So it's easier for other people to express themselves. Yeah, I feel like when he was making these quotes, he could have chosen, and it's entirely up to him. I see where he's coming from, but he could have chosen to maybe not say that Harry doesn't care and Harry's straight and just assume these things about Harry. There were a lot of assumptions within that quote. Yeah, and he could have been, you know... He could have seen it as himself paving the way, although he didn't get enough credit, I think, for that, and that's what's really hurting him. Also, I fucking love Bill Porter, and fucking all power to him. Like, you have a right to say what you want to say. I also know he's releasing a book, so right. I think this is all leading up to his book release. Well, because, yeah, that I was intrigued about why this was coming up now. Me too. When it was, what, almost a year ago. Mm. So I think, yeah, there are, there's room for both to exist. There's room for Billy to be upset because Billy hasn't been on the cover of Vogue in a dress, even though Billy's been doing it for ages. But there's also room for Harry Styles, who has such a influence in our culture, to dress how he wants to dress and for us not to assume that he's doing it for a certain reason with a certain agenda with a certain sexuality. Absolutely. And I do think like it's probably good that it has been brought up in terms of Vogue really realising, yes. you know, the implications of their choices. And also us not giving too much credit to the white man, sto- like the white yeah. man doing it. I think that's a great point. And yeah, I love that it's been brought up. I find it really interesting to talk about and like to consider. And yeah, I don't know. I just, I love them both. But for there's sure. room for them both to just do their thing. And how cool that hopefully they will continue to be able to do their thing yeah. with less judgment. Yes. So was that oh, naughty yes. or nice? Okay, so this is on sort of... On the fence. On the fence. I think, okay, I actually think it's nice. I only think it's nice, and I don't even know if this is for me to say, but I think it's like a net good that we're even having these conversations. That's exactly what I was thinking. Like, but I probably think it- not a nice for Billy. 
But a brave. Yeah. A brave. A brave. Mm. A brave for both of them. So our third and final naughty or nice is that streaming services such as YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music and Amazon will be looked into by the Competition and Markets Authority, also known as the CMA. They are discussing the fact that there are fundamental problems within the music industry and due to the quote-unquote pitiful returns to artists, people are asking for a complete reset. Now, I really cynically, um, I see this happen all the time with people looking into Facebook, YouTube, Google, whatever. Everyone's always looking into shit. Nothing will change. Yeah, I know. I can guarantee nothing will change. This happens all the time. At least, like, the conversation is happening Mm. and that people aren't just like, that's the way it is. Yeah. I am just cynical because I read a lot about tech and this just does happen all the time. So, like... I think we'll have read this out, and then in a year's time, we'll be like, oh, remember when MPs were going to look into this? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. True, true, true. But, I mean, it's nice. I th- That's nice of the MPs. No, it is. Nice. Yeah, so nice. So not naughty. Anyway, that wraps up our segment. Oh naughty God, or I nice. Love, Two nices and one naughty this week. Fucking hell. So being in lockdown in Auckland, we literally have all the time in the world just to watch TV. Well, that's what it feels like. I found my new favourite show, Succession, on Neon. Yes, oh my god, you've said so much about Succession. Also, we absolutely devoured that season of White Lotus, remember Luz? That does not even feel like it was in lockdown, but yes, we did. In case you couldn't tell, Neon is our favourite New Zealand-based streaming service, and the best part is, you can get a 14-day free trial to test it out. And absolutely none of this would be possible without Neon. They let us chat about White Lotus as part of our job, which is literally the best fucking thing ever. It actually is. Shot Neon. Thanks, Neon. Now, we had someone emailing us. I can't remember who it was. Sorry, emailer. But they asked us to do a segment on things that have been ruined by their sequels or by their remakes. I thought this was such a good idea. Same. This was such a good idea. And me and Love had just watched Cinderella. The one with Billy Porter in it and Camilla Cabello. And it was fucking terrible. It was truly awful. I honestly, I have to say, I left halfway through. Camilla, it was like they hadn't even tried to auto-tune her or like even fucking mess with her vocals at all. It was really weird, like some of the stuff that they left in. But she was actually a really good actress. Oh my god, yeah. Okay, her acting was amazing. She was very natural. But the singing, and maybe it was just, like, the fucking remakes of the songs and blah, 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 but, like, Cinderella should have been left. Liv, I just want us to have a big old chat about things that should have been left as they were. And I also have some things from the audience that we maybe aren't across, because we're not connoisseurs of all things everywhere and all. Absolutely not. But let's just start off with with one that I I think we all know. Riverdale. Oh, this was on my list. Really? Good, good, good. Because Riverdale, like, we don't even need to talk too much about any of these because we all know Riverdale season one slapped. So new. Interesting. So, so good. KJ Upper, fellow Kiwi. Well Mm. done. Well done, KJ. Another Netflix thing that should never have been made into, like, it was kind of okay that it was the first one, but number two and three, The Kissing Booth. Oh, no, no, no. Terrible. Awful. Like, the first one was actually okay if it was just left at that. Like, not even okay in terms of a good movie, but okay in terms it just, of it, a, a It watch. was what it was. It was what it was, and, and number two and three didn't need to happen. The next one is Vanessa Hudgens playing three princesses, the same one. 
It's like they couldn't afford to get another actress. Oh, my God. That shouldn't have had sequels. Never. Also, to all the boys I've loved before, has a two and a three. It should have just had a one. Did you watch that? Yeah. I liked number one. I loved number one. Did you like number two? I've never seen number two. And there's a number three. So just no. I've seen number two. Not good. Squeezing money. No, do you know why? It's because Noah Centineo's cringe. Like, Noah Centineo is. It's a like everyone thinks it. Okay, and Liv, this is one that I know we both think. Mm-hmm. A book made into a film that should never have happened. Vampire Academy. Yes. And a lot of the audience agreed. That's, honestly, they were some of my favourite books when I was, what, like 13, 14? Yeah. Just horny enough. Oh, yeah. And just like. What was it? Rose and Dimitri? Oh, God. Yeah, and Dimitri spelled like D M I T. Like, I remember being Russian. Now, there's a missing vowel in here, and that's probably how I learned how to spell Dimitri. That's right, but the worst movie known to man. The worst film ever. Um, another one. Mm-hmm. Well, another. This is like a group. Postman Pat and Thomas the Tank Engine <laughs> and Bob the Builder. Like, these things that were like sort of claymation yeah. should not be made into animation. Right. They're made into like... Oh you know, gosh, like, I didn't new know we were going to dive into those depths. Well, I actually feel quite strongly about no, them. Okay, also, yeah, absolutely. I think bananas and pajamas might, the same thing might have happened. They used to be dressed up in, like, suits. And then they became an animated TV show. Didn't work. No, no, Did no. He's All That. Did you watch that? It's the Addison Ray Netflix remake of She's All That. No, but I've never seen She's All That either. Well. Have you? No. But I just know that this is worse. We should watch that. We no, watch that. well, no, Hazel, that's kind of put me off. Yeah, it's a remake of something I haven't even seen the original. I just know the original is probably better. Yeah, but they're saying that the original's good and then it was fucked up. So maybe we should give that a go. We probably should. Grease 2. Have you seen Grease 2? Never Terrible. seen Grease 2. Fucking obsessed with Grease. Yeah. I mean, I've seen it probably about 30 times. Don't watch Grease 2. Fucking sucks. Mean Girls 2. Same thing. You seen it? I always... No, never seen it. I always saw those DVDs and that... You know when you go to the DVD yes. store? On the weekend and you yes. go with your, your mate that you're yeah. having a sleepover with and I'd always see Grease 2 and Mean Girls 2 and just get the absolute ick. No, they're not good. Oh, God, they're not good. Okay. The Cat in the Hat. That should never have gone from a Dr. Seuss book into a fucking real life. Is it Mike Myers? Yeah. Mike Myers is Cat in the Hat. Have you ever seen the real life Cat in the Hat? Never seen. I haven't seen anything. Oh, my God. I run a fucking culture podcast and I've never seen anything. (laughs) Honestly, well, don't because it's fucking freaky. Like, thing one and thing two in the Cat in the Hat in real life. No. Okay, this might be contra, but it also might not be. The Hangover 2 and 3. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The Hangover 1 was fantastic. I agree. Set the mould for that type of movie. Yes. Like that sort of, or at least Project X was first, but that sort of real fucked up night. Yeah, absolutely. And just, oh my God, Bradley imagine. Bradley Cooper's so hot. In the, and I'm not so stressful. And I hate hangovers. But anyway, number two and three should never have happened. Should have never existed. Should have never. Another thing that should never existed Cats. Cats, the remake. Now, we actually never got to see it because it never made it to our theatres because it was pulled because it was so bad. Oh, my God, wasn't that? There was a really funny headline about Andrew Lloyd Webber, who was the creator of Cats, Cats. the musical, and he said that... He got the, dogs or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, to make him feel better. The movie was so bad he went out and bought a dog. Yeah, because, oh, my God. And, like, James Corden was in it, Taylor Swift was in it. Like, I don't know. Like, love Taylor Swift. But real life... Cats, I don't know. That Horrific. just shouldn't have happened. Have you got any more that shouldn't have been? I do. I have the Mortal Instruments, which I know you didn't mm. read, but they were really, really big when we were sort of like preteen. 
Um, they made that into a movie with Lily Collins, mm-hmm. and honestly, just not, not good. good. No. Like the books, you know, when you're just like in a world, mm. and they just did not capture that at mm. all. I have Sex in the City, the movies. Oh, yes, I've heard shouldn't this. have happened. Yeah, heard this. The, oh, I actually kind of like the movies, but it's because I wasn't an avid TV. Sex in the City yeah, TV show I think if you've that. seen all of the episodes of the TV show, like they are just. Honestly, fantastic, mm. and then the Carrie Diaries. Movies. However, Carrie Diaries is something that should have been continued. Yes, lots of room for that. Lots of room for Austin Absolutely Butler. Absolutely love a bit of Austin in our lives. I had Pretty Little Liars. I never made it to the end of that series because no. it just went on far too long. One Tree Hill. Did you ever watch that? I only watched the first few seasons, so I probably saw the heyday. Yeah, you did. You saw the heyday. It was as soon as they left high school. You know, like oh when my a show is so good, it's yes. set in high school, and then they try to carry it on when they've grown up, and it just doesn't translate. <laughs> the Lion King, the real life version, or yep. whatever it's called. Now, this was one, the live action one. The live I've action. never seen either of them, so I can't really comment, but a lot of the people in the DMs Wanted us to talk about The Lion King. Yeah, I went to the movies. I was so excited about seeing this. And I think it's purely because, like, the animals can't have proper facial expressions. And I think a lot of humor is carried Mm. through, like, you know, the animation. Oh, a lot of emotion? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it just, again, was not good. Do you know what, in hindsight, which Mm. is, don't go and watch this because it was really good when it came out. Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging. Now, the books were incredible. The movie at the time that we watched it, incredible, but I watched it again as an adult-ish. It's not good. Mistake. No, it's yeah. not good. No, you so wanna... just keep keep the keep the memory you have. No, absolutely. You want to keep it alive and well in yes. sort of the past brain. Now, should I go on to some of the things that the audience said? Please do. So a lot, a lot of people talking about how The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit shouldn't have been made into movies. A right. lot. A lot, Liv. I know. I was, I've never seen either. Have you? I've seen, I have, but oh. I was about three. Yeah, well, that and, okay, hands down, these next two are the most, the most, like they were in our DMs the most or in our little Q&A the most. Yeah. Percy Jackson and The Lightning Thief. Oh, my God. Now, apparently this was absolute, there was a few films, apparently abomination. Apparently no one liked them. They were just money grabs. Yes. Awful. Yes. Apparently they were fucking awful. And, and they showed it showed up everywhere. Everyone said this. Oh, my God. I think we got read it at school and it was really, really amazing, mm. the book. Yeah, and I can't, honestly can't really remember the movie, but. Well, apparently just, like, terrible. Um and, oh, and then the next one that kept coming up was Avatar, The Last Airbender, the movie. And you know how gorgeous shows like this have real cult followings? Well, I think the movie just was fucked. I think, like, just, I don't know, but everyone was like, Avatar, The Last Airbender should not have been a movie. Now, Gilmore Girls, A Year in the Life. Did you ever watch Gilmore Girls? I only watched it over your shoulder. Okay, so... I loved Gilmore Girls. It just feels like home. It feels like nostalgia. And so when A Year in the Life came out, it was like four parts, four seasons of them when they're older. I loved it just because I hadn't had them in so long. Right. I loved it, but it wasn't good. The storyline wasn't good. Rory just disappointed. Lots of people said they just didn't did not like it. Lots of people also didn't like Mamma Mia 2. And I'm kind of on that bandwagon. I think that... It was optimistic of them. Yeah. 
And like, it would have got the views. There was room for it. People to be honest, it. I didn't mind it. Okay, yeah. I, d- I didn't love Cher's cameo. I thought it was strange. Okay, a lot of people also said Divergent shouldn't have been made into a film. And I can imagine that. I didn't read it. Never read it. I can imagine it being like one that people were so obsessed with that the world in their head's much better than what can be recreated. But do you know what was good was The Hunger Games? Mm, that was good. That was really that was fantastic. That was done really well. Lots of people said that it shouldn't have been done. Hunger... <laughs> 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 mean you're right lots of people said that it shouldn't have been done oh my god i thought it was really good lots of people also said narnia shouldn't have been done so i'm thinking it's a the world i created in my head is better than the world that's been created by someone else's head i mean which is fair enough yeah this is why you always read first watch after Mm -hmm. because you don't want that tainting the world in your head Mm -hmm. right but okay narnia yeah interesting Blowing my mind, yeah. Some people said any time that the final book in a series is split into two mon- uh, two movies for a money grab, like what, Twilight, like Harry Potter, Harry Potter, any other books that have been the finals have been split into part two, uh, two parts. I don't agree with the. I agree with Breaking Dawn. Mm. I think that that honestly they had far too little good content to create two movies out mm. of but Harry Potter there's so much that happens so like it needed I've, to be two yeah I mm. absolutely think so mm. I have read a thing that says like millennials will defend Harry Potter till the day they die in every single form you're not a millennial but you do sometimes act like one <laughs> and I think that I would agree anyone from our age that's read Harry Potter will defend Harry Potter till the day they yeah die. that's true I can't think of something that someone would say and me agree with it yeah negatively you know? Yeah, no negative comments except for J.K. Rowling being a turf. You can agree on that. I can agree with that. Yeah, basically there was a lot, but I think we've hit the most popular, popular ones. One series that really, really did well. Actually, There's a lots. few series. Big Little Lies, mm-hmm. I think, was actually better than the book, and I'm a really big Leanne Moriarty mm-hmm. fan, so that's really interesting because they fit more in because mm-hmm. it's like a seven-parter, right? Yeah. Also, um, Little Fires Everywhere, the book was fantastic. The show was equally as fantastic. Yeah, that show was fucking great. Didn't read the book. Haven't read either of those books, but both those shows are phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Now, Liv, have you got anything on your radar? Anything coming up? Anything you're excited for? Yes, I have something that I'm genuinely really, really, really fucking excited for. Good that you're genuine on the pod for once. Good (laughs) that you're not bringing me a fucking fake fake on my radar. What is it, Zoe? I thought now that I'd be called a millennial, I sort of had to get myself back in the good books. Anyway, it is The Beatles Get Back. Okay. So there's going to be a doco series directed by Peter Jackson, who is from New Zealand. So it will be comprised of never-before-seen footage from the band's 1969 recording sessions. So Peter Jackson's the only person who has seen this footage in 50 years. That's sick. Um, And it's like super, super valuable footage. It's about when they hadn't performed live in two years and they had to write they had the goal of writing 14 songs in a really small space of time. So it's when, like, heaps of the Beatles' really, really famous songs Mm -hmm. came about. And I've seen the trailer, and, like, it's... It looks, looks so cool. Oh, fuck. It looks I'd so good. I trust Peter Jackson with it, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. That's like, exciting. That's really cool. Aw. Yeah, so I'm really Aww, excited for that. So that's on my radar. Yeah. Anything on your radar, Luce? On my radar is um, two things that have come out that I haven't seen. So they're on my radar to yeah, see. Yeah. I mean, or listen to. Lana Del Rey's new album, she's really nostalgic for us. She's. I don't know if I'll like it because 
I haven't really, I didn't really like Ultraviolence or like any of the ones from there onwards. Yeah, There's loved a few songs. Love, love, loved Born to Die. Mm. I quite liked Ultraviolence, but yeah, a lot of the other ones are just very much cherry pick the songs mm. that I'm into. Yep, so that'll be interesting. And then also on my radar, but I'm kind of probably not going to watch it, so yeah. not that good of a on my radar is June with Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya, who apparently has all of about 12 minutes. Um, I did try to watch this. I was, I was about to say, I was like, Lucy, I'm pretty sure you told me last night that you got through like three minutes. Yes, literally three minutes. Up. I didn't realise it was sci-fi. So maybe when I'm in the zone, which I don't know if that will happen, it's on my radar, though, to try and get in the sci-fi zone. Yeah, absolutely. To watch June, because it's all I'm fucking hearing about it. Because it's a remake, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's been remade a few times. It's a re- remake of a book. Of a book. Yeah. And I think it's been a movie before. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's that's pretty much... That's the episode. That is the episode. As usual, if you're listening to this and one of you've got ideas for a segment or two, you want to give us feedback, email me. You need to sign up to the newsletter. You'll get one and then you can respond back to me. That's how email works. Um, And please, please, please do show us how you're watching. We love it when you share... Um, when you share to your stories or you leave a review or whatever and um, we can see how and where you listen to Culture Vulture. Yes, we actually love, love, love that. Same. It is so cool. It's like, so cool. The best bit. Last week someone said that me and Liv reminded you of Dolly and Pan- Pandora, which is like our favourite people from the high-low, which is not correct because we're not Dolly or Pandora. Oh, my God, that was the first ever podcast I listened to. I was, Yeah, uh, same because you told me to. Yeah, fucking L- loved it. So that is... A huge compliment, but not, not right. true. <laughs> not true. We're much lower than the high low. We're Absolutely. just low low. But if you've got anything nice to say, do tell us because it makes us feel really good. We will see you in our upcoming interviews or for next week's scheduled shit chat. Absolutely, yeah. A couple of bonus episodes coming up, so it's very exciting. Yay. See you later, guys. Bye, everyone. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.